Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. We're talking about how to live a great life because in John chapter 10, Jesus says, look, you've got this thief and his purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But he says, I've come. My purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. We talked about how that he has a great commandment last week, to love one another. Today, what we're going to talk about, if I want this great life, I got to follow the great commission, the great commission. You see, Jesus is getting ready to leave this planet. He's died on the cross. He's rose again. He's now meeting with his disciples last time. And before he goes, he gives them marching orders, so to speak. And here's what he says to them in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, not just to them, but to us as well. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all the authority in heaven and earth. In other words, I've won that through the death, hell, and the grave. I've conquered all of that. Therefore, because of that, You go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's our marching orders. In this, Jesus tells us the two things that the church is to be involved in. Basically, it's our job description. He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples around your neighborhood. Are you here? That's not what he says, is it? Of all the nations. I want you to have a global mentality. I want you to understand that your task is to go and do everything that you can to help people know about Jesus Christ. We call that evangelism. Now, we live in a country that is downplaying all this. In fact, it goes so far as to say, you shouldn't press what you believe on somebody else. We do not agree with that. Now, I'm not going to go downtown and start pulling people aside and tell them to turn or burn. I'm not going to go get weird on them and everything else. But I am going to carry with me an understanding. You know what? I'm not living just for me. There are other people that need to know about Jesus Christ because heaven and hell are real. And I have a responsibility to do what I can to help people come to know Jesus here in my community, in my neighborhood, and in Thailand. My job, church's job, that's what we're about. We're here to help people come to know Jesus Christ. That's why we exist. Better buy into it. Second reason we exist, teach them to obey my commands. Discipleship, help them to understand who they are in Christ, help them to live a life that they are confident of their salvation, they're confident in who they are, they do everything they can to live with the joy and the hope and the peace that I give to them, and they're growing day after day after day become more like Christ. So as a church, our job is, as a person, your job is, I want to do everything I can to be a witness to those who don't know Jesus, and I want to do everything I can to become more like Jesus. And if you will do that, you're going to have a great life. But if you just live for you and do your thing and don't care about it, it's not going to work out too well for you. And so Jesus says, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I expect of you. Here's the disciples. You're going. Here's what I want. Here's what I ask. And he says, but be sure of this. I'm going to be with you till the end. So he's still with us, isn't he? 
He's still wanting us to do this. And in fact, when you read the New Testament, New Testament is all about people coming to know Christ and growing up in their relationship with Him. That's what it's all written about. And so that's what we do. So this morning, I want to focus in on the evangelism aspect. We call this missions. We have a responsibility to go into all the nations and help them know Jesus Christ. It's not just a nice thought. It's a command of Christ. And so here's what he wants me to do. And so it's, first of all, it's our calling. It's what he's called us to. It's who we're about as Christians, as the church. You and I have this calling on our lives. Just as he gave it to the disciples, he's given it to us. This is what I'm asking of you. Notice Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great. Now he's not talking about the wheat and the grain. He's talking about people, isn't he? He's talking about people who don't know Jesus. The harvest is great. The workers are few. The people like Rebecca, the people like you and I, there's few. Compared to what the harvest is, there's just a few of us. There's a lot of people who don't know Jesus. The harvest is great. The workers are few. Pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the field. So in other words, our response is, Lord, here I am. Send me. Now, you may never go to Thailand. You may never leave your comfortable home and stay in your neighborhood and in your town, your community. But you will come across people who don't know Jesus Christ. And you and I are called by God to help them know that. We wait for the right opportunity. We look for the moment. We live the example so that they become curious. We do what we can to help others know. Matthew chapter 18, verse 12. If a man has a hundred sheep, one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. He expands on that through Peter who writes in the New Testament in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. He says, the Lord isn't being slow about keeping his promise. In other words, you and I are ready for the Lord to come back. You know, get me out of here. But God, what are you waiting for? Look at all that's going on. God, it's about time, isn't it? And he says, no, he's not being slow, some people think. He's being patient for your sake. Why isn't God, the Lord returning? He does not want anyone to be destroyed. He doesn't want anyone to go to hell. He wants everyone to repent. God wants everyone to accept him as their Savior. That's his will. He loves people. He cares for people. He longs for people. It's the calling that you and I have. Secondly, it's going to demand compassion. In other words... I have to be willing to look at people and care. Not just the ones I know and see on a regular basis, but the ones that I will never see in my life. You saw pictures this morning of children, of adults. Did you care about where they're at with God? That's compassion. And you see, when you have compassion, compassion always causes you to do something. 
It always causes you to act. How do you know you have compassion for someone? You act on it. You do something about it. The story of the Good Samaritan. You know the story. A Samaritan's beaten up. Excuse me, a Jewish man is beaten up. And a Samaritan who's despised by the Jews, who hate the Jews, and the Jews hate them. Two people from polar opposites, people who didn't care for each other, who would do everything. The Jews wouldn't even walk through a city if the Samaritans were a big part of it. That's how much they disdain. And so here, here's what he says. A despised Samaritan comes along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him, and he helped him. See, the only reason you don't deny or won't do anything for somebody else is because we don't care. That's a horrible indictment, isn't it? The story of the prodigal son. The son goes off. Luke 15, verse 20, he returns home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming and filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. We are a people of compassion. We are not a people of condemnation. You can look at what's going on and look at how people live and be con condemning with that. But we have compassion for them. Jesus says they're like lost sheep without a shepherd. They don't know. They need to know. And so he says, look, I'm going to demand of you that you care about what's going on. I'm calling you to do that. And I want you to have compassion for people who don't know me. I want that compassion to move you. And then it has to be contemporary. It has to be contemporary, relevant to culture. You see, when Rebecca goes overseas into Thailand, she doesn't say, look, this is how we do it in the United States, and this is how I expect you to do it. This is how it works here, and this is what we're about, and you're going to do everything to us. No, you know what they got to do? They got to go in and understand that culture, don't they? And then what can they do to reach the culture? She told you what they're doing. Let us do what we can to make friends with them, to engage them, to sit around and play a game with them, to sit around and eat with them, so that perhaps we will have an opportunity to reach them. And so you have to be relevant to culture. You and I live in this culture, and we have to understand that if we're going to give the gospel to people, it has to be relevant to where we are. The message never changes, but the methods do. This world is changing. Anybody got a witness there? I'm not a prophet, but let me just tell you something. It's not done. There's more to come. And we as the church better be willing to adapt so that we can do whatever we can to reach people. Tonight, trunk or treat, what are we doing? We're adapting. Don't care for Halloween. But you know what? Well, I do care for Halloween. Uh, I, I always like getting candy. There's a lot of people in our community who are looking for a safe place to take their kids. They're looking for a place that'll love on them, care about them. Who knows what might happen? 
And so we have to adapt to what's going on so that we're relevant to the days we live in. First Chronicles 12.32, this is just an intriguing verse to me. The tribe of Ishakar, there were 200 leaders of the tribe with their relatives. All these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take. Too many times we're just wrapped up into my signs, what I want, what I like, what, what I want to do, what I want to have. But you see, we're not doing this just for me. We're doing this for others, aren't we? It's about what can I do to reach other people? And do I look at what's going on in the world today and see, okay, yeah, I don't like how this is happening in this plan, but it tells me something. Okay, I might have to adjust a little bit on how I talk to people. I, I know one thing, if you're going to reach people today, you better not talk politics with them. <laughs> kind of nervous chuckle there, folks. Matthew 16, 2, he replied, You know the saying, red sky at night means fair weather tomorrow. Red sky in the morning means foul weather all day. You know how to interpret the weather signs in the sky, but you don't know how to interpret the signs of the times. And as you and I look around, we look at the times that are going on and we think, you know what, the Lord's return can't be far away. You look at what's going on in this world today. And you and I as the church and as Christians, because we care about other people, what do we have to do to reach them? The message of salvation is consistent from the beginning to the very end. So what can we do to be heard? What can we do to have an opportunity to speak? And, and how can we reach other people? And so we have to be a people who make it contemporary with where we're at and where we're living and who we're trying to reach. And that means it has to be creative. I wanted to use another word here, but I knew it would just turn you off right away. It means we have to change. You see, when you become a Christian, you should change. You should change how you think. You should change how you live. You should change some of your associates. You should change how you look at the world. You should make changes. And as you keep walking with Christ, I hope you understand, God says, we're going to look at work in your life to, because there's some changes you need to make. And if you're married to someone, they can tell you right away some changes you need to make. But you see, we don't want to change. Our way's okay. I'm okay with it. You should be okay with it. Don't, don't confront me. But you see, we have to come to that place where we have to be willing to do whatever it takes to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I don't know why we need to do this. I don't know why. The, hey, you and the Apostle Paul would not have gotten along well. Notice what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Even though I'm a free man, no master, I become a slave to all people. Why? To bring many to Christ. I can do what I want. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. It seems like I've heard that over the last few years. And Paul says, look, I'm free. I can do what I want, but I'm a slave to all people so that I can bring them to Christ. 
when I'm with the Jews, I live like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jewish laws, I too lived under that law. Even though I'm not subject to the law, I did this so that I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. And he then he goes, when I'm with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. I live like the Gentiles. Now notice, but I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. In other words, I'm going to become like them, but I'm not going to compromise my beliefs. I'm going to stay true to what God says. And if they go and want to participate in this and it's wrong, I'm not going. I'm not going to condemn, but I'm going to do everything I can to get along with them. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find a common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and to share its blessings. Paul says, when I'm with these people, I'm going to fit right in with those people. I'm going to be there so that I can have an opportunity to tell them about Christ. When I'm with this crowd, I'm going to be with them. I'm involved in some different organizations throughout the community and everything. And, you know, some of them, the people that are there just aren't, aren't godly at all. But let me go there so that perhaps I can have an opportunity. A lot of times it's, hey, you're the preacher, why don't you pray? You know, they know who I am, they know what I am, but you know what? I can also sit around the table with them and enjoy their company. Perhaps I'll have an opportunity. I have over the years. It takes time, but it's okay. And when I come here, I try to be like you people. Boy, it's hard. Paul said, look, wherever I go, I'm going to do everything I can to be with them so that I can have an opportunity to win them. That's a great life. That's a life well lived, isn't it? This is what I'm about. This is what I want to do. And so I don't have to put my rights over everything. I can, you know submit to what is going on there, what's happening there. That's fine. It's not going to cost me anything so that I can have the opportunity to demonstrate to them the love of God. That's creative. What can we do to do what we can to reach others? But understand this. It will be costly. It will be costly. It'll cost you your comfort. It'll cost you being in some places maybe that you're not real comfortable. I'm not always comfortable when I go to some of these events. But you know what? You need to be there. Not always comfortable talking to the neighbors. But you know what? Your neighbor, my neighbors, matter to God. So it'll cost you your comfort sometimes. It'll cost you your money. This morning, we're going to ask you to make a commitment to missions. You see, missionaries need to go. Rebecca needs to go, but they cannot go unless someone sends them. 
and gives them the opportunity and the resources so that they can go. May not ever go to Thailand, but you can go to Thailand through her. Your your money can send people a long, long way. So it's costly, my comfort. I can't go, but I can send. And so you have a list there on your chairs, one of the chairs, and if you don't have one, look around you. There's some, they're there in about every chair, up in the bleachers, every other row, you can find them. All of those missionaries listed there, we support on a monthly basis. Every one of them. Why? Go into all the world, to all the nations, and proclaim the gospel. That's what we're called to do. That's who we are. That's what we're about. And so we ask you to help us do that. We just say, look, we kind of have a budget that we kind of work through every now and then. And it's kind of like, okay, will you help us so that we can do this and send more and send others? Because that's our job, isn't it? As a church, that's what we're about. Now, here's what I know. And I've probably said this before, but I just love this little line that I picked up several months ago. God will never ask you for something you don't have but he will ask you for what you want to keep. So God says, look, here's what I want you to, I want you to help. It's not without cost. There is a cost. You got to go labor in the field. And so I have to understand it will cost me my comfort. It will cost me some resources. It will cost me my talents. It will cost me some things in order to do this. And by and large, when people talk, when we talk about reaching people for Christ, it's usually one of two things. It's I don't care. I don't have the compassion for that. And I don't want to give to that. I don't want to give myself to that. I don't want to pay that price. I, I don't, I want my comfort. And we have to be willing to give those things up. And it has to be continuous. Continuous. You and I are called to do this until he comes again. Our job description will not ever change. Reach people and help them grow. John 9, 4. We must carry quickly, quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent us. The night is coming when no one can work. The time is coming. So you want a great life? First of all, there's the great commandment. Love people. Love God. Just pour your heart into other people and give love to them by choosing to think of them more than yourself. And then buy into the Great Commission. You have a purpose here in life. What's my purpose? My purpose is to do everything I can to help more people come to know Christ and to help others grow up in their relationship with Christ. That's what we're about. That's how life is. Well, that's just for the ministers. No, it's not. It's for every Christian. It's what we're called to do. And if we'll do it, God will reward us because there is no better way to spend your life. There is no greater investment than the investment you will make in other people. And Jesus teaches that and he says, look, when you get to heaven, there's going to be some rewards for you for what you've done for others. Not just for yourself, for others. And so today what we're asking you to do is first of all, Will you commit your life to the great commandment?
will you take your life and invest it in others, just not yourself? Will you care about people who don't know the Lord? The people in our community, the people around the world, will you care about them? And will you do something about it? Will you with compassion look at their lives and say, God, I want to live a life that impacts other people so that they can know Jesus Christ and go to heaven. Because, God, you don't want anyone to perish. You don't want anyone to go to hell. You want everyone to be saved. That's your call. That's my call. And if I want a great life, I'll respond to that. So could we take a moment and just pray? Would you take a moment and just pray? And ask God, God, would you give me that kind of heart? God, would you help me to be that kind of person that doesn't just live for self, but we live for you and live for others. Lord, today we thank you for entrusting us with this message, for allowing us to be your ambassadors, for thinking that we can take what you did and spread it around the world. Yes, it will be rejected by many, but there will be those who are saved. And that matters. It matters to you, so it better matter to us. So Lord, we thank you today for the privilege we have of serving you and serving others. And Lord, help us with confidence to know that if we will do that, we will have a great life. We give you praise for it and thanks for it. In thy name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.